Hi everyone, welcome to the NBA Agents Podcast. Are you curious about NBA student life in the US? Do you worry about how to navigate your NBA life? If so, you're at the right place. NBA Agents is here to empower you to overcome different challenges by sharing tips and recommendations from many other Asian NBA students. We want you to be prepared for the crazy NBA world. Are you ready? Let's get it! Today's American culture we want to share is something controversial. It's about weed. Wait, did you say weed? Is that yes, a weed. kind of uh, drug? Yes, right. In perception of Asia's countries, I think it's drug. Whoa, okay, yeah. Could you tell me more about it? Sure. So, yeah, I just, I just uh, bring some information from Wikipedia about the weed. So weed is cannabis, also known as marijuana or marijuana, among other names, is a psychoactive drug from cannabis plant used primarily for medical or recreational purposes. So cannabis has various mental and physical effects, which includes some euphoria, which means really happy happiness, or altered states of mind and sense of time, difficulty concentrating or impaired short-term memory and body movement, but also many people feel relaxations and increase in appetite. So like they want to eat more when they have a weed. So that's a kind of um, definition of weed or marijuana according to Wikipedia. So I think this is really interesting in terms of how the United States have a different laws about the weed. So as of July 2020, only 11 states legalized the weed in their um, cities. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's hard. It's very hard for you to um, to kind of knowing that like in different city with different regulation, different laws. You have to like go into a different city. You have to re. You, you have to learn like the new law and get used to it. So it's it's really different from um, where I've come from, um, Taiwan. Yeah, it's like we yeah. Have one. So, so I heard from really interesting story from my American friends that like Michigan. So Michigan State is one of the states that legalize weed, but Ohio State, which is adjacent to Michigan State, they the weed is illegal. So if I bring weed from here to there, that's illegal. But if I am, this is just imagination, if I am getting high after eating some weed, and then if I go to Ohio, that's fine. I know this is really interesting thing. But anyway, I'm curious about the perception of weed in Taiwan. Yeah, I guess like, like I mentioned earlier, it's a, it's a drug. It's an illegal drug in Taiwan. And... I know there's a lot of people who actually got into the trouble by using the Wii and then you can see on the news. So I guess overall in a society in Taiwan, like the people's perception of Wii is a illegal drug, which it's unacceptable for people to use it. Oh. Yeah. So I'm I'm not sure about in Korea. Uh I think Korea is almost the same with Taiwan. So as you mentioned, it's drug. It's yeah. drug. It's unacceptable in Korea. Some celebrities in Korea had some problem with weed. 
Mm-hmm. And whenever they have this kind of problem, all the Korean people are really upset about their using of weed because this is illegal and this is drug. As a as a society, we have strong um, resistance about these bad illegal drugs. Similar, so, similar. Yeah, yeah, I think I think most of Asia countries. I think not not only Asia countries, but most of the world, many of the countries, except United States and some of the some of countries, most of countries still think weed as a drug and bad things. Right. So, do you have any specific like experience about weed here? So, I don't really have the experience using the weed, but. Um, you can definitely smell it a lot while you're walking down on you know on the street. So I didn't I did not know in the beginning that knowing that there was weed, but it's just like a very funny smell. And I was asking my friends, and then say say that's that's weed. That's how the weed smell. And then it's I think it's common. It's 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 like you can you can smell it like pretty much everywhere. Um, Near like the residential area. So, what about you? Uh, yeah, I think many of my friends do weed. I know that. So I I can say like what smell it is. So that's how I also learn about the weed smell and. One day, I had a really fun talk with my friends about weed. So I'm also curious about weed because I've never done that before. So just I, I have a talk with my international friends. So I asked I asked her like, "Have you have you done weed before?" But you know, the original meaning of weed in English dictionary, it it's not about marijuana, but it's about one of the grass. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like weed itself is, it means grass. So she didn't understand me. She get me wrong. Like she thought I'm talking about the type of grass on the oh. on the earth, uh-huh. and like that conversation goes really weird. And I asked her, "Did you understand what I'm saying?" And like she said to me, "Really? Oh, what you mean weed is?" And then she gave me a definition of the grass. Uh-huh. And it was a really funny moment, and I I talked to oh my god that's not what I'm saying I'm talking about the the kind of thing Draw. that make you happy, so that was a really funny moment, but yeah that's that's all about my experience. Okay, so to recap today's topic, weed, you know if you guys come to United States, you can easily see many people do weed, but you know we are adults so. We always have to be responsible responsible before you do something. So let us have a quick break and we will come back with our interview session. The topic we wanted to cover today is group project. You cannot talk about student life without mentioning homework or assignments. In MBA particularly, a lot of assignments are group project based, which means you have to work with other students, rely on each other to finish it together. And sometimes 
it's not easy for international student to participate or contribute under the group project setting due to a variety of reasons. Let's welcome Doyang Kim, a second-year MBA student from Cornell Johnson, to share his experience with us. Hi, Doyan. Hi, Jacob. Hi, Jay. Thanks for having me. How's yeah? How's it going? Uh, I'm I'm doing great. The weather is pretty nice uh, in the fall in Ithaca here. So hope everyone is enjoying the uh, beautiful weather. The, Same here in Ross. Yeah, the I feel the winter is coming, but still we are in the fall season. So trees are changing, the beautiful colors. We enjoy it a lot. So let us talk about you more. Where are you from, and what did you do before coming here? Sure. So my name is Doyoung Kim, and uh, I was born and raised in South Korea, and spent my childhood in Incheon, uh, where the biggest international airport is in Korea is located. So if you have ever visited Korea, then name of the city might be really familiar. And I also did my undergrad in Seoul, the capital of and the biggest city in South Korea. And there I majored in business and uh, my major focus was on finance. But I re realized I wanted to do more, I'd say, dynamic things. So I followed my dream to work for the automotive industry as a car enthusiast. And fortunately, I could start my career at uh, BMW Group and spent almost seven years working in sales and marketing departments. And I think I, I, I pretty much enjoyed my work, you know, since working at the company, which product is your most interest is pretty exciting for me. So I think that's a brief introduction about me. Yeah. Good to know. Like automotive industry, I know this is really fantastic industry for me because I also love car. So you, you, you said you enjoyed your work there and you following your dreams. Then why you pursue, why you started to pursue MBA and especially why you went to Cornell? Oh, that's a good question. So um, I had a chance to experience the United States in 2011 because I was selected for U.S.-Korea exchange program called WEST. Um, sponsored by Korean government. And after staying in the States for a year, I started dreaming of like coming back to the States since I was convinced that uh, this was where I can observe and learn how different cultures can interact and generate new values. Uh, however, as I briefly explained before, I started my career back in Korea and I still wanted to learn more about like different perspectives and thoughts. So I decided to come back to the U.S. as a student and to learn from like classmates who are, who are really well mixed in terms of nationality and professional background. And I thought the MBA was the right place to do so. Um, and the reason why I chose Cornell is because of its really inclusive culture. Um, Cornell is located in really tiny town called Ithaca in upstate New York. And the class size is relatively smaller than other named MBA programs. So um, Johnson truly has a really tight community where people always take care of others. So we spend most of the day together studying, recruiting, having a party, 
even traveling. So I actually, before NBA, I, I really wanted to have a feeling of like belonging to the society in the U.S. because I, I couldn't do that like nine years ago when I was in the U.S. And I, I feel I'm fully involved in this like great U.S. community. And I believe I made a good choice. Yeah, speaking of tight community, I thought Ross is like really um, tight community and under like really tiny small town. And after you know, I <laughs> learned about um, Johnson. I yeah, I wouldn't. I think Johnson's much more smaller uh, in a much more smaller town than Ross. And that's a great play. That's a great thing that um, because you're in this small town that makes people are more connected, and that's kind of cultivate this kind of like really inclusive culture. So that's the reason I come to Ross as well. So um, before diving into today's topic, let's give a little bit more context to our audience. So at Ross, I believe like every class we have sort of group project or assignments. So I'm going to say like 100% of the class have group project. So I wonder, I wonder, how does it looks like in Cornell? Uh, I think it's pretty much the same. I think the most of MBA classes look like like having a lot of group project. I would say mm -hmm. it's one hundred percent. I think mm -hmm. the like more than eighty percent of classes that I took required me to get through a lot of like group projects. So I think it's kind of similar to your experience. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you know, let's talking about group project. You have to talk about like teammates. How do you select your teammates? So I'm wondering how were the group decided in the class in Cornell? Sure. Um, so when you typically uh, start your MBA journey, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the same for every MBA school, but uh, actually school typically assigns you to a group for your soft landing at the beginning of the MBA. So for my class, uh, Johnson operates a program called Core Group, uh, which is a group of peers who do all the group project together throughout the first semester. And I believe this was a really nice approach, especially for like international students, since it would be really hard for them to team up with native students. Right. So that was really, I think, great approach. And mm -hmm. when assigning group members, the school carefully considers so many different factors, such as diversity, pre-MB backgrounds, post-MB goals to, to make a best match for everyone. So mm -hmm. in, in my case, I had uh, four classmates for that uh, core group activity, and they are two males and two females, and was so, so diverse diversified ethnicity, white American, Korean American, Taiwanese American, Latin American, and me. So this variety really gave me different perspectives on the topics that I covered during the project. So then uh, after completing the first semester, uh, now you can make a team on a voluntary basis. So now you know not everyone in the class, but at least a handful of students that you'd like to team up. So not all the classes allow you to choose your own team, but this is for the typical case. And I think I, I think the school wants 
you to have like uh school wants to like autonomously like plan your semesters as it could be like similar to real business situations so it can always happen you sh should work with someone with difficulties in in the business field so i think the mba program wants to provide those kind of experiences before you go back to the fields uh, and of course, of course, if you fail to find someone, then professors and teaching assistants uh, helps you to find your your teammates. So, so I think there should be pros and cons about different ways of uh, like assigning a group. But I think being exposed to different team settings really helps you to get prepared to be a great team member and ultimately great uh, leaders uh, after you go back to the business field. Yeah, I agree. And then um, we have a similar ideas, but not you're not like tied into one group for the entire semester. But like we have the um, kind of section concept. So you will take in the core classes with, within your section, and then for each sec for each class, professor will assign you into a different team for different classes. So that's the great thing is that. I can get to know people from my section um, through the group project, and you know, within different class, I can get to know others, other other students, and that's probably the 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 best way for me to get to know my my um, my section mate. And then, like you say, like during the um, second semester, or you know, just later, uh, most of the class were more allow people to ultimately to, to just find your own um, project mate. And sometimes that's a, that's a trouble because some students are hard to find um, project, project mates. So like you said, it's great, like sometimes professor or... Um, but one interesting story I wanted to share is that actually one specific class it's, uh, in, in my section is that uh, there was a finance class. And then before the class start, professor would send out an email and ask, you know, students to, to form their own um, teams, own groups. And one of my classmates were, oh, and then he reached out to everybody in our section and saying like, hey, I don't, I don't like this kind of um, self-select group members that would, you know, limit how we met um, other friends, new people within a section. So he says, if you wanted to up in, you know, um, a program that they 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 assign you randomly to to other students within our section, and you can just reply the email, and then everybody, pretty much everybody replies that email. So that we did that on our own to to kind of randomly choose students in order to like get to know more people, but. I guess that's the beauty of like the group project. You get to to know new people, and then you learn. And then, like you said, there's some kind of difficulties within within a group project. Um, that's how you kind of learning through those experience, and that's a great way to practice um, as well. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's the beauty of like group assignment. So <laughs> I think I had a similar experiences a lot. Uh, yeah. Mostly, in most cases, I I was the last one like in the class. Like after like assignments started, I like teamed up with the like 
mostly uh, they're like mostly international students because mm-hmm. they have more difficulties to find teammates. But I think I'm I'm looking back to my previous experiences. I think that was even more amazing because I I could learn about so many like different stories and like experiences from different forms. So that was kind of the beauty of the NBA group assignment. I agree with you guys. I also experienced the similar things with you guys. Group group project and group teams, it has a lot of dynamics. As Jacob mentioned, like Ross, we have in the especially for the first semester, the school most assigned team members. And each time I have a different team members and I got a lot of different opinions from them, which is really great. So oh Doyun, so why Doyun, why do you think MBA schools have lots of group projects? You mentioned pretty much 80 more than 80% of your classes has a group project, right? Yep, right. So how would you so in your opinion, how would you benefit from the group project? Yeah, sure. So that was my big questions when I started like my MBA program because I've seen so many group projects. Uh, then it's, it seemed like really suffered me a lot. <laughs> but as I briefly mentioned before, uh, the first reason would be that uh, group project will teach you how to collaborate with others uh, within a limited time. So you can't always team up with someone you like and like different MBA classes require different types of teamwork. And I, I believe the MBA is the only place you can get through such different cases for a short amount of time. I think that's the first reason. And the second reason is that uh, in MBA, you learn from, you learn more from your classmates than your, from lecturers. Everyone in the class has outstanding experiences in their own fields. And this really gives you uh, totally different views. So for example, uh, when when my team uh, did a final project of the first semester, overarching all different business topics, uh, some of my teammates, including me, were heavily focusing on marketing stuff, and we were confident about the com- company's performance in the future. But we had another classmate whose financial view was really awesome, and after he shared his own analysis of the firm. We were surprised by how the company was financially in the healthy, and we finally uh, revised our proposal. So, I think this example shows how valuable interactions with your classmates are in the group project. And uh, last but not least, uh, you're you're gonna be trained to become a good manager of the firm or of the organization after graduation, and group project will give you plenty of chances to lead a team and to practice achieving the goal, even by the assignments. And the, I think the team members you're going to have uh, would not be much different from your future colleagues. And I think you can practice what would work well and what wouldn't work uh, in, in, in the kind of comfort zone where, where you're allowed to make a small or like big failures. So I really would like to highlight that 
Uh, I learned how to lead a group that is culturally and ethnically diversified. So throughout my MB journey, I had experiences to lead teams in uh, like in different settings. And I think I improved my skills to respect different views and to close the gaps between them. I think I couldn't experience those kind of things in my, in my previous company because I worked with the Koreans and we shared uh, common values. So I think this is the one of the most valuable assets that I could earn from my MBA experiences. Right, I think I have a similar thoughts as, as well. So where I'm coming from, I pretty much worked with Taiwanese, all the Taiwanese. Sometimes I work with other, you know, other people from different countries, but mostly working with Taiwanese. So it's hard to get yourself in a environment that's really cultural diversity or um, diversifier, or like you said, like a ethnic diversity. So that's a great place for you to practice. And actually, one one funny thing that I recently attend a um, infosection from one of the tech company in the U.S. and then um, the alumni who shared that one thing. He wish he didn't he had known before was that actually when you're going to um going to work, it's it's just put you put you in an other big lifelong group project. So he said like the, the group project he had experienced during during his um MBA, I think it's a great pl- practice for him to fuller. Um, when you, when you go into like the workplace, it's it's really great that I had those kind of experience to learn a different leadership skills or how to communicate or even like collaborate with people from different background, different culture. But so I wanted to ask you, there's so many good things about group project, but there must be have a lot of challenges, especially for international students. So I'm wondering like, is there what are the challenges that you faced during during the group project? Yeah, definitely. I think the one of the biggest challenge was about the language. But apart from the language issue, uh, there I think there were a lot of different conflicts. So if you're lucky, then you will face less conflicts. But I think it's almost impossible to avoid conflicts during your two two year MBA journey. And I, I think I was kind of lucky case because I didn't have many conflicts with my teams. But I remember one teammate uh, who showed really low participation throughout the semester long project. And at the same time, we found uh, he lied to us a couple of times not to join the meeting. Wow. And, you know, it, actually, that was this year. So even it got worse since COVID made us live in a virtual world. So mm-hmm. after that, even he didn't show up more often and didn't do his uh, parts by the de- deadline we set up. So actually my team has had a separate meeting to take care of that issue. And we concluded to make pairs to be in charge of certain work claim rather than doing individually. We thought that was the valid uh, strategy to solve the problem. So in particular, I actually I teamed up with that difficulty member and 
what I did is I tried to do like more parts that he was not really confident with. So I had to spend a lot of time, but we ended up with a really good final presentation in the class. So I don't think this is not, it's not like almighty solution for all conflicts, mm -hmm. but that mm -hmm. was really great lesson for me. And I think by getting through different conflicts, I think you can learn from, from like MBA programs about how to deal with like different conflicts and challenges. I think that's really tough situation, especially when someone doesn't show up or someone's contribution is too low and then you have to do more work because everyone knows that MBA students are busy. They are really, really busy. There's a no time to like, even we don't have, sometimes we don't have a time to hang out with our friends. In that case, you know, you said you have you have to put more effort and time to finish your group project instead of your somehow irresponsible irresponsible friends. In that case, how could you um, handle your time issue? What I mean is, many many of the MBA students faced within running short of time. Then you, because you also have to um, think of your recruiting side your social uh, events or whatever academics. And then if you put more time in your project, maybe you cannot put more time or effort in your, your other things. How did you balance with between them? Um, yeah, that is so true. So as you all would agree, the time management is one of the most challenging things uh, throughout the MB journey. And, you know, it, it is generally said that if you want to do like everything, recruiting, social, and academic, then you have to give up sleeping. <laughs> but <laughs> sleeping was kind of non-negotiable things for me. So I, while trying to do like all different things, I think I, I tried to make a prioritization and had to spend less time for less important things. So for me, even I, I had my wife staying with me as well. So. I, I had to use one day every week to spend uh, time with her. So I think I made kind of prioritization. So I had to spend less time for academic and like networking with peers, but I still try to use my time if really effectively. So I try to use uh, like spare times. So for example, if, if there's like 20 minutes that I have between two classes, I think I, I need I, I try to squeeze that time to focus on more like group project. And then I think I spend more time to, to make an agenda for our group project, because if you have a really, really good agenda, it really saves your time, uh, throughout the really busy MBA life. So, uh, I think I remember even I studied for e-confiner exam on, on the pl plane on the plane back from Chicago after attending an MBA job fair. So it was really tough, but now I see like how to like use my time really effectively. Uh, so if you, I think if you're good enough to uh, organize all the time, then I think, I think that, that was the, one of the, the great lessons that I learned from this tight MBA schedule. Can I ask a quick, fun question? Sure. 
So you said you cannot give up your sleeping time. How long you usually sleep in terms of hours? Uh, I I I need at least eight hours. Oh, I don't, I don't know how how you think about eight hours, but actually,、uh, if you like sleep for eight hours, then you have sometimes you have to spend all rest of hours for like NBA stuff, right? So <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of challenge, but yeah, I'm I'm getting used to it. The reason why I I asked was like many of my friends here, NBA students. Most of them said like they slept four to five hours per day, which is too short for me because I sleep、uh, usually seven, six to seven hours. And I think Jacob he's less sleep than me. How about you, Jacob? Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you just have to sacrifice something, and then I decided that was my. Sleeping time. Sleeping? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the person that I can, I can like sleep, um, stay up really late. So I'm kind of a night person. Actually, during the night, I was have the best productivity. So that's how I wanted to do my work during the night. But you know, because of the class, sometimes it's like eight o'clock in the morning. After class, I have to wake up. So I, I don't have much choice. But But yeah, I think I'm okay. But now, you know, it's entering the second year. I, I think I, I think that I need more time to sleep as well,、um, just because that's really like my physically. Like I, I feel tired. I feel exhausted、um, for for most of the time. So、yeah. now I'm trying to adjust that a little bit. Yeah. So just something popped up from my memory. So this is really funny thing. So I think that was. I was at the middle of like girl assignments, hurricane. Yeah. So I was doing I was doing girl assignments in my dream. So. Oh my god! So I think that shows how like busy NBA life is. But yeah, it was. I think it was great, great lesson, and I I believe、uh, it was the same to you guys. Yeah, for sure. Um. So I wanted to circle back on. The language barrier, because I feel like all international students will definitely face that challenge. And for me, I think in the beginning of the semester,、um, I, I feel very, very hard to catch up with other students、um, in the group. So sometimes we do like a case study, and then we sit in the room together, and let's decide to have twenty minutes, everybody to read a case, and then we start to you know work on questions. Later on, and usually, like Americans, they can read through the case within fifteen twenty minutes, and then they have plenty of times to just chill. For me, like I, I, th- I don't even get the half of the case by the time that everybody's starting to talking. So that was really, I was really struggled because I, I cannot be able to participate. And what I did is, I usually just trying to read a case a day prior to like discussion. I just spend more times, and that's that's how I deal with the situation. So I'm wondering for so the question for both of you: Have you ever faced kind of like because of language barriers, so you face kind of a difficulty during the group project? And how do you how do you solve it? Yeah, so language thing is kind of lifelong challenge for me. So <laughs> I definitely had the same experience when I when I did the group project. So、uh, yeah, like Jacob, you said. I think I, I tried to allocate more time to read the case before because the speed、yeah. of reading is 
kind of much slower than others, mm -hmm. uh, than like native students. Then the but the more difficult thing for me was to catch up the conversations while while we we were doing like group project because they sometimes they speak so so fast. Right. So even I I could understand what they were saying. And then uh, for that, my strategy was to to make an kind of ally in my group project. So, mm. for example, uh, I had uh, one of one of my teammates uh, was from Latin America, but she speaks English pretty well. So, I actually she understood my situation. I think she was totally uh, in my shoes because uh, she is international, but at the same time, she speaks English well. So I think uh, she took a role as a my uh, like a translator for me, and then if I didn't catch up the conversation, because after the conversation he came, she came to me and then just explained what what was it about and what's the next step we're gonna take. So I think uh, just making an ally can be the one of the way you can get through uh, those kind of difficult situations. I have similar. Um, situations with Doyon, like most of time, the most difficult thing for me when we talk about group project is when we have a conversation, like they change, they, they speak quickly and they change the topic quickly. So sometimes I'm still processing what they are saying because sometimes I cannot understand what they're saying. And sometimes I have to think about what I have to say. So I have to think about both things at the same time. That means I have some time to processing in my brain. So, mm -hmm. and then when I try to say something, they already changed the topic. <laughs> so there's nothing to say or nothing to add on their, uh, this group project. That was my problem. So I think I didn't deal with this situation well at that moment because Whenever I didn't understand them, I, I just pretend to understand because just saying lots of times, could you say one more time? It doesn't seem good for me at that moment, but I regret a little bit because most of my American friends, they sometimes say to me, they can speak only one language like English, but we are saying two languages, English or whatever our home, home country language. And sometimes they really respect us. So like for them, if we are saying, could you say one more time? That's not hurting everything. They are really willing to say one more time and they really go together. So I think for many international students, one of a good way to contribute into the group project is when, whenever you can't understand what they're saying or whenever you want to say something, just, just like do whatever you want. Like, can, could you say it one more time? Or I want to say I want to say something, but I need some time to structure my brain, something like that. So maybe I guess many of other students, your peers, will wait for you to speak up your opinions. So that's my one tips for everyone. So okay, let's change the gear. Now all of us we are in MBA two, and we already had a lot of experiences of group project. And Doyan, you mentioned you experienced some group project and there, there was some irresponsible group members. So now, 
you got some lessons from them and how would you change or how would you deal with some difficult group project with some skills that you got from the MBA one experience? Sure. So it's not really different from my first year experience, but now I'm more focusing on like uh, the, uh, experiencing like different settings in the class intentionally. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to just meet new people out, outside of classes as well because it helps me to develop even my like leading skills. So uh, it's especially for, for a group project that I'm having this year, I tried to take my, uh, try to take more leadership roles than the first year so that I can do, like I can initiate more communication and to, to work on, it, on the agenda and to encourage people to participate. So these are all the things I, I I didn't do that during my first year. I I didn't have a really got to do that. But I think after acquiring a, a couple of skills from my first year experiences, I think uh, now I'm learning how to lead people and like how to lead a team and uh, like you said, how to deal with like difficult challenges and situations in the group project so so i'm still learning from like group projects but the only difference that i'm having now is i think more confidence uh than the mm. first year so you're still navigating like mba journey as a second year students but i think that 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 was the, the skills that i learned from my like first year so i think it's really invaluable asset you can experience uh, from the second year. So uh, reflecting myself, I think in these days, I'm making more suggestions in the class, in the clubs. So as I like feel more matured and really confident about the MB class format. Yeah, that I, I, I would agree totally. And you know, the funny thing is, every time you step into the meeting room, be ready for like a group discussion or in, current case you're stepping to zoom or whatever platform um there's always a person who will start a conversation and lead a conversation but there's a funny part sometimes even though there's all domestic student and one like international students it could be you who to lead the conversation and a lot of times a lot of americans they actually not willing to well not sorry i shouldn't say not willing but they're they don't feel like they wanted to let the conversation. And this is a great chance for you to practice. And, you know, um, I think we talked about this um, from in different episodes, like this is a very safe environment for you to make a mistake. So if you get a chance, um, try to let the conversation, try to, you know, just take the lead. It's totally fine. Even if you make the mistake, I think, you you you're, you don't you will not get judged by any anyone, um, on the on this yourself where you know feel feel um, hesitated to do, to do anything. So, um, in in regard of like the group project, is there any tips you wanted to give? Yeah, so I I don't have like much like new things to talk about as a tip, but just again back to the basics. So just have no fear like speaking of your own voice in the classes mm -hmm. like jacob said it's really a safe environment 
So this, uh, I found many international students uh, are struggling with expressing their own opinions as they don't have like enough confidence about the way of speaking in the US. But yeah, definitely MBA knows you are an international student and they actually admitted you to share different perspectives that you have to the class. So no one is going to complain about your lack of language or like culture understanding. So it's definitely okay to make mistakes in the classes. Uh, and, but you know, if you graduate from the school and then like facing, uh, the similar settings in your business field, then you will have no chance to practice these things. So my, my first advice is to like, treat MBA as a playground to test how your thoughts uh, are accepted by like other students. Uh, and second piece of my advice is that uh, just enjoy the MBA. So enjoy working with others from different backgrounds. I know it's pretty challenging when you start like MBA journey, but you will find it's really interesting thing as time goes by. So I found many students sometimes like complain about their team members, poor knowledge or like non-business related work experiences. But you will find how they, how amazing, how amazing they are like uh, after, at the, at, the, at the end of the group assignment or at the, at the end of the semester. And MBA is the only place you can meet this kind of different group, groups of people. Uh, so I really hope you will learn about like many different parts of the world and uh, make it to grow your ability to uh, synthesize uh, those inputs from like different people. So, so these days, like many people doubt about the effectiveness of MBA program, but I, I think the real value of MBA comes from that area. Enjoy MBA. I love that phrase a lot. <laughs> Do you guys enjoy MBA experiences in these days? So as a second year, so under COVID, ah, uh, not so much. <laughs> but, um, but but yeah, still yeah. COVID, COVID. No, I'm I'm just gonna mention like, um, even though it's under COVID, I still think there's a lot of things that I can try and I can learn from the MBA program. And, but a lot of times you have to take initiative. That's the only thing that I feel like if you want to learn something, you just need to take initiative. If you don't do anything, you know, even some recovery, you just stay at your home and do nothing. Then you're wasting your time and a lot of, lot of your money. I'm pretty much enjoying this, um, MBA second year MBA life. Um, I'm still recruiting, so I have to put a lot of my effort and time for looking a job. But still, like I can, I can have a lot of time with my friends. Last week, I went up the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, which is famous for four colors. So we watched a lot of we uh, we saw a lot of beautiful trees there and had a great time, which was great. So yeah, I, I enjoy my life. By the way, you talk about COVID-19. So in terms of group project this year, everything has been changed. Like we, we experienced in-person group project, but for the class of 2022 students, 
all of their classes, most of their classes are virtual. That means their group project is also virtual. Like how, in your opinion, how the incoming students or the first year students, they can maximize their contributions under the virtual group project? Yeah, sure. So I think uh, this is really big change to MBA Life as well. Then it seems like everyone has di different opinion about this virtual group setting. But from my perspective, the good thing about the virtual group discussion is that uh, you can fully focus on someone since, you know, normally one person speak at, at a time in Zoom. Mm -hmm. And also sometimes like we have like physical distance in the classroom, but it really doesn't matter in virtual setting. You, you have an equal distance with everyone online. So I believe, uh, I think uh, the online can be a really good tool to facilitate more equal particip participation in virtual setting. And I found in many cases, like students, like staying somewhere nice in California and, and Florida, but still join the class and like actively participate in the, in the class and group project at the same time. So I think the the virtual environment could like improve work and life life balance even for students to some extent. But definitely on the opposite side, uh, it is really hard to build a rapport with someone you've never met before. So I feel like it takes more time to get used to someone in the virtual setting. And it's not easy to read someone's feeling on the call, mm. uh, which is leading to more confusion and misunderstanding. And, you know, some people are not used to work from home. So there are low level of engagement and lots of like interventions during the group chat. So sometimes like dogs and cats jump on the computer <laughs> while having a virtual call. So sometimes it can be ice breaking, but sometimes it makes the meeting really awkward. So it's, yeah, we're experiencing so many like new things, but uh, mm -hmm. to give a tip to like first year to maximize uh, like this group, virtual group setting, then uh, I would recommend to get used to uh, the couple of functions that meeting software provide. So for example, uh, at Johnson, we usually use Zoom as a communication tool and that software provides many useful functions. So even you can draw on the blank paper on the screen all together simultaneously. And then it really helps brainstorming and like it really increases productivity of the group project. So just get used to the this new environment and then try to find the, the functions that you can use to to maximize your experiences in the virtual setting. So that would be a piece of my advice. Yeah, and I think like this kind of virtual setting is gonna be a new normal to to everybody. And a lot of companies already revealed that they will allow their employee to working from home even after the COVID. So it's it's better for you to just, you know, get ready and to practice as early as possible and before you get into the um, business world. So our last question, which we ask all our guests, is that what is the one thing that you wish you had known before starting the MBA? And it could be anything. 
Yeah, I was waiting for these questions. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this, is, this is the thing I really wanted to share with like listeners. So I wish I would talk with more people and listen to their amazing life stories. So I, uh, looking back to my first year, I spent most of my energies recruiting in school works. But now I know there are more things that I can learn from people around you. So you could learn about what the life looks like in like Guatemala, why education level is so high in China, and really many more about lives in different parts of the world. So you will never be involved in this kind of well-diversified group in your life, I think, like NBA. So it's it's really amazing moment to learn from others. So so that's why I think uh, again working as a group in MBA is the one of the most valuable things. So I think from the group project, uh, you can learn about the world, leadership, academics, collaboration, all the things that are great values you can expect from MBA. All right, so Toya, thank you for sharing your experience with us and being a guest on MBA Agents. Yeah, thank you for having me again. Today's show was with Dong Yang Kim from Cornell Johnson in South Korea. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. You can find us through all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. New episode comes out every Tuesday, U.S. time. Subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on MB Agents on Instagram and Facebook. And please share with friends. Stay tuned and see you next week.